welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the Sustainable Transformation Nutrition Coaches, and our show will help you get leaner, stronger, and perform better with shows about nutrition, recovery, and the all-important art of inner work. We've spent all of 2019 talking about some truly impressive streaks. From Marcus Smith completing 30 marathons in 30 days, to David Robinson maintaining what is now a three-year streak of exercising daily, to Brian Casey, who has run an average of 5K daily for 42 years and never less than a mile per day. We also heard from Andy Petranik of the Whole Life Challenge about how they help the players of the challenge create consistent daily habits for overall wellness. And in the process, I've been trying on some of the lessons I picked up during each interview. So today, I'm going to share some of the biggest lessons I've learned about streaks and my own practical application of these concepts. One of the themes that each of our streak heroes echoed was to get the habit done first thing in the morning. Marcus ran his marathons before the day got too hot. David hits a set of pull-ups or does a hip flow when he gets out of bed most days. Brian Casey gets his run-in at 4.30 before his family even wakes up. And Andy Petranik bakes his daily habits into his morning routine. He calls it his power hour. Another theme that came up in each story was the obstacles. Of course, being hit by a truck was the first obstacle Marcus encountered, and then his body starting to ache in the first few days of his 30-day marathon challenge. That's a big obstacle. He could have quit, but he didn't. For David Robinson, he thrashed his body early on with an ultramarathon he was underprepared for. And he was also bitten by a brown recluse spider, which had him hospitalized. Those obstacles could have derailed him, but they didn't. And Brian Casey has had to deal with a lot over the last 42 years. Sciatica pain, sprains, fractures, children and grandchildren being born, blizzards, and even serial killers on the loose. And the overarching theme for how each of them kept the streak alive through the obstacles is best summed up by Marcus's realization. So I asked myself a question. I was like, well, what can I do to stay alive? And the answer was breathe. For David, it was literally taking steps around the block after his ultra marathon and stretching and doing calf raises like a crazy man in the hospital. I did calf raises. So I just like pulled off the side of the, of the bed and, you know, I'm like all hooked up to IVs and I've got a morphine drip and, and I'm just blowing up calf raises just over and over and over again. Cause I couldn't really feel it. Right. I walked out of there on Monday and my calves were destroyed. I, I had not done that much work on them in my entire life. For Brian, it was just a matter of finding a way to get his shoes strapped on and get out the door. I love this lesson because it transcends their goals and it transcends the idea of creating a streak. When we run up against obstacles, if being on the path is important enough, focusing on the next step and the next breath to overcome the obstacle will get you over the hump. Simplifying in the face of what might seem complex is the key. Another beautiful lesson I took from their stories is to create and celebrate each milestone. Marcus celebrated every marathon he finished by memorializing it and writing a few words about each of them on his Instagram. Every post he made exuded gratitude. David celebrated day 100 of his streak. He celebrated year one, day 500, year two, and day 1000. 
He also created intermediate goals and milestones to celebrate, like putting races on his calendar and setting the goal to qualify for the OCR World Championship, which he did. Brian celebrated the major milestones every five years and each decade with his friend AJ, who ran with him on that first day. My friend AJ would come down on every anniversary, like in the beginning, before families and stuff, every every May 9th, we'd run together. It was like a kind of a thing. And AJ was right here in Connecticut at the time, a little bit closer. And um, so we'd run together. Uh, you run our 10th anniversary, 15th, 20th. These lessons were explicit in their stories. And when you read between the lines, you can find even more lessons. For example, the motivation aspect. Each of these men set up both external motivators and they were driven by internal motivation. Marcus was meant to finish each marathon at a school or event in the city of Dubai, which was an external motivator. And when you look at the man's track record as an athlete, there's no doubting his internal fire. David announced his streak on Facebook and had his community to hold him accountable. But he loves exercise and has even made it his career. So there is a definite internal drive to move every day. And it took Brian about 30 years to discover the Running Streak Association. And once he did, there was some serious external motivation to keep the streak alive. But the fact that he ran every day for those first few decades shows you the internal drive the man has. And as he mentioned to me in our interview, he has always made up for a lack of talent by being the hardest working man in the room. And in my interview with Andy Petranik, we uncovered his thoughts about motivation and how he has managed to maintain his daily habits and meditation streak. The habit has to be important enough to you now to make it a priority. Another lesson I learned when I read between the lines of these stories is actually something that Andy explicitly stated. If you're going to form a daily habit, it has to challenge you and you have to know that you will grow from it. Does it push you? Does it push you past your comfort zone? Does it push it past does it push you past your current capacity? Because if it doesn't, then it's kind of a waste of time. All three of our streak heroes were pushed by their streak. Brian started out at 1.1 miles per day and scaled up to test his capacity to run for distance. He even made the summer of free beers bet to push himself to see if he could run over 60 miles in 12 hours. David straight up told me he wasn't sure if he'd be able to stick to his goal. And I set the goal as a unattainable goal that was just something that I could chip away at on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Something that I could, you know, return to kind of an anchor practice, so to speak, but something that I frankly didn't think that I would be able to accomplish. And, you know, I wanted to set this big unattainable goal to try to give me the the juice and the push to push through when I didn't feel like doing it. The last commonality between these stories that I'll speak of before getting to my current streak experience is this. When you read between the lines, you will notice that each of these men had an endurance goal and experience with endurance sports. So of course, a daily habit streak is something that fits their personality and experience. I'm creating a coaching certification at the moment, and one of the lessons we have in there is that different people do better with different approaches to habit change. For the endurance-minded person, an incremental daily focus tends to work best, like a streak. But there are plenty of people who need intensity followed by a break, let's say like a spinning class, to make changes in their life. And there are other people who just do best with an immersive experience, the type of person that would do really well with a fitness retreat. 
So I want to remind you that even if you have already failed your streak, that isn't something to beat yourself up over. It might just be that it's not the best way for you to create a change. But what you can do is learn from it and grow just as much as if you'd stuck with a streak. In David and Andy's case, they both talked about how failing streaks helped get wind under their sails and they doubled down their energy on the habits that are important enough to them. So if you've broken your streak or if you do break your streak, reflect. Is it still important? If so, just pick back up tomorrow. If not, where can you reallocate that energy to make a bigger difference in your life? What is important enough now to commit to? And who is the person you want to grow into? What do you need to do or not do to be that version of yourself? Now, I'll wrap things up with a quick breakdown about how I've been implementing the lessons from these episodes. When I interviewed David Robinson back in November, two days before Thanksgiving, I already had about three weeks of daily exercise under my belt at that point. But after the interview with him, I consciously started the daily exercise streak the next day. And I've maintained that streak for almost 90 days now. There are a few beautiful things about this daily exercise streak in particular. First is that it's anchored in all of my other good habits. My irregular sleep cycle prior to the streak has normalized because of my morning movement practice. It's anchored in my good eating routines. I find myself stretching and taking care of my body more consistently than before. My energy levels are better during the day because when I stagnate for too long, I tend to be low energy and lethargic, and that used to happen on rest days. The second beautiful thing is that it's helped me recover from two injuries. I started the streak with nagging shoulder injuries, so I decided to follow a hanging protocol on the recommendation of my friend Aaron Alexander, who you will hear from in a few weeks. The hanging got me out of pain enough to start climbing and doing pull-ups again. And now, because I've strengthened my shoulders, I'm pain-free. And I also was dealing with a toe injury that took me out of my running routine. In the past, I'd probably just push through the injury and make it worse and just hope that taking two rest days per week or modifying movements would help. But now I don't have rest days. And I knew in order to keep the streak alive and get back to my running practice, I would have to let the toe rest for at least a month and do my PT exercises. I took it as an opportunity to rebuild my handstand, rebuild my pull-up capacity, and my climbing capabilities while my toe recovered. Hearing Marcus Smith talk about his recovery from the truck accident, where he just put his focus 100% on what he could do, really inspired my process. I just tried to focus on what I could do, and I did tons of it. Some of the keys I have found to maintaining the streak so far are to create mini workout challenges for myself that I know are going to help me grow and that I can complete in a short period of time, let's say 10 minutes or less. Very similar to the exercise habit in the whole life challenge that Andy talked about. My four main exercise mini challenges are one, hang from a bar seven minutes per day, which is something I built up to from four minutes, adding 15 seconds per day. Two, Now that my shoulder is feeling better from the hanging protocol, I will do from 10 down to 1 reps of pull-ups in the mangrove tree on the island across from my house, and I will repeat the set of 5 a few times depending on how I feel. The third thing that I'll do is I have a morning hip flow, and I do that one every morning. I'm uncompromising about it. And I also sit on the floor to work quite frequently 
which forces me to be in a pretty constant hip flow. I've got tight hips. And number four is that to balance out all the pulling and hanging that I'm doing, I will do 100 push-ups per day a few days per week. And between those four things, it's pretty easy for me to stick to this habit of a daily exercise streak. Some days I get more in. Some days I do all four. Some days I climb or surf. But it's become much easier because I have those condensed 10-minute things that I can get done. And that's it, folks. That is the end of our streak series. And just in time, because this is six weeks out from the new year. And apparently, this is the point where 80% of people fail their New Year's resolution. So I hope these weekly episodes and reminders have helped you create a plan to stay on track in 2019. If you're new to the show, I recommend jumping back to the Streak Series Episode 1 with Marcus Smith and working your way through the stories up to this episode. What I would love for you to do is to share with us what your lessons were from the Streak series when you read Between the Lines. Post it on Instagram or social media and tag us for a shout out and so that we can dive into a conversation and learn from you. And if last week's episode about Nutrition Roblox got the wheels turning in your mind, you can take our quiz to uncover your number one nutrition roadblock and how to fix it at beyondmacros.com slash quiz. Make sure you're subscribed to the show because with the CrossFit Open on the horizon and the major shakeups to the CrossFit game season, I have heard from a lot of you that you're just not taking the Open as seriously anymore. And that's why next week, I'll be bringing you an episode with Michael Casio, who is a former CrossFit Games champion on the legendary Ute CrossFit team. And he will share how he transitioned from life that centered around training and competing to a life with more buckets that contributed to his happiness. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you again next week.